Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Chapter 22 of The Camera Fiend by E.W. Hornung. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Secret of the Camera The camera had been placed upon a folded newspaper for the better preservation of the hotel tablecloth. Its apertures were still choked with mud, beads of slime kept breaking out along the joints, and Phillida was still explaining to Pocket how the thing had come into her possession. The rain was the greatest piece of luck, though another big slice was an iron gangway to the foreshore, about a hundred yards upstream it was coming down so hard at the time that i couldn't see another creature out in it except myself i don't believe a single soul saw me run down that gangway and up again but i dropped my purse over first for an excuse if anybody did i popped the camera under my waterproof and carried it up to the king's road before i could get a cab but i never expected to find you awake and about again next to the rain that's the best luck of all why because you know all about photography and i don't suppose he took a last photograph and suppose that led directly to the murder well that's an idea the man threw the camera into the river but the plate would be in it still and you could develop it the ingenious hypothesis had appealed to the eager credulity of the boy but at the final proposition he shook a reluctant head i'm afraid there's not much chance of there being anything to develop the slide's been open all this time you see i know i tried to shut it but the wood must have swollen in the water yet the more it has swollen the better it ought to keep out the light oughtn't it i'm afraid there isn't a dog's chance he murmured as he handled the camera again yet it was not of the folding bellows variety but was one of the earlier and stronger models in box form and it had come through its ordeal wonderfully on the whole nothing was absolutely broken but the swollen slide jammed obstinately until in trying to shut it by main force pocket lost his grip of the slimy apparatus and sent it flying to the floor all but the slide which came out bodily in his hand that settles it remarked phillida resignedly the exposed plate stared them in the face a sickly yellow in the broad daylight it was cracked across the middle but almost dry and otherwise uninjured i am sorry exclaimed pocket as they stood over the blank sheet of glass and gelatine it was like looking at a slate from which some infinitely precious message had been expunged unread i'm not sure you weren't right after all what's water-tight must be more or less light-tight when you come to think of it i say what's all this the other side oughtn't to bulge like that he picked the broken plate out of the side that was already open and weighed the slide in his hand it was not heavy enough to contain another plate he declared with expert conviction yet the side which had not been opened was a slightly bulging but distinctly noticeable convexity 
pocket opened it at a word from philida and an overfolded packet of manuscript leapt out it's his writing cried the girl with pain and awe in her excitement she had dropped a document at once it's in english said pocket picking it up it must be what he was writing all last night it is you see what it is urged philida feebly but she watched him closely as he read to himself june twentieth nineteen aught blank it is a grim coincidence that i should sit down to reveal the secret of my latter days on what is supposed to be the shortest night of the year for they must come to an end at sunrise viz at three forty four according to the almanac and it is already after ten p m even if i sit at my task till four i shall have less than six hours in which to do justice to the great ambition and the crowning folly of my life i use the underlined word advisedly some would substitute monomania but i protest i am as sane as they are fail as i may to demonstrate that fact among so many others to be dealt with in the very limited time at my disposal had i more time or the pen of a readier writer i should feel surer of vindicating my head if not my heart but i have been ever deliberate in all things excepting certainly the supreme folly already mentioned and i would be as deliberate over the last words i shall ever write as in my final preparations for death what is it asked philida for his eyes had dilated as he read and he was breathing hard he practically says he was going to commit suicide at daybreak he said so once already but now he says it in so many words well we know he didn't do it said philida as though she found a crumb of comfort in the thought i'm not so sure about that go on reading it aloud i can bear it if that's the worst but it isn't philida i can see it isn't then let us read it together i'd rather face it with you than afterwards all by myself we've seen each other through so much surely we can surely her words were swept away in a torrent of tears and it was with dim eyes but a palpitating heart that pocket looked upon the forlorn drab figure of the slip of a girl for as yet despite her pretext to mr upton she had taken no thought for her mourning that unfailing distraction to the normally bereaved but had put on anything she could find of a neutral tint and yet it was just her dear disdain of appearance the intimate tears gathering in her great eyes unchecked and streaming down the fresh young face the very shabbiness of her coat and skirt that made her what she was in his sight outside the rain had stopped and trafalgar square was drying in the sun that streamed in through the open window of the hotel sitting-room and poured its warm blessing on the two young heads bent as one over the dreadful document this was the part they read together now in silence now one and now the other whispering a few sentences aloud what i have called my life's ambition demands but little explanation here i have never made any secret of it but on the contrary i have given full and frank expression to my theories in places where they are still accessible to the curious 
i refer to my signed articles on spirit photography in light human nature the occult review and other periodicals but particularly to the paper entitled the flight of the soul in the nineteenth century and after for january of last year the latter article contains my last published word on the matter which has so long engrossed my mind it took me some months to prepare and to write and its reception did much to drive me to the extreme measures i have since employed treated to a modicum of serious criticism by the scientific press but more generally received with ignorant and intolerant derision which is the englishman's attitude towards whatsoever is without his own contracted ken my article the work of months was dismissed and forgotten in a few days i had essayed the stupendous feat of awaking the british nation to a new idea and the british nation had responded with a characteristic snore of unfathomable indifference my name has not appeared in its vermin press from that day to this it was not mentioned in the paragraph about the psychic photographer which went the rounds about a year ago yet i was that photographer i am the serious and accredited inquirer to whom the london hospitals refused admittance to their pauper deathbeds thronged though those notoriously are by the raw material of the british medical profession begin at the bottom of the british medical ladder and you are afforded the earliest and most frequent opportunities of studying if not accelerating the phenomena of human dissolution but against the foreign scientist the door is closed without reference either to the quality of his credentials or the purity of his aims i can conceive no purer and loftier aim than mine it is as high above that of your ordinary physician as heaven itself is high above this earth your physician wrestles with death to lengthen life whereas i would sacrifice a million lives to prove that there is no such thing as death that this human life of ours by which we set such childish store is but a fleeting phase of the permanent life of the spirit one shrinks from setting down so trite a truism it is the common ground of all religion but i have reached it from the opposite pole religion is to me the unworthy triumph of instinct over knowledge a lazy substitution of invention for discovery religion invites us to take her postulates on trust but a material age is deserving of material proofs and it is these proofs i have striven to supply surely it is a higher aim and not a lower to appeal to the senses that cannot deceive rather than to the imagination which must and does but i am trenching after all upon ground which i myself have covered before to-day it is my function to-night to relate a personal narrative rather than to reiterate personal views suffice it that to me for many years the only path to the invisible has been the path of so-called spiritualism the only lamp that illumined that path so that all who saw might follow it for themselves the lamp of spirit photography it is a path with a bad name a path infested with quacks and charlatans and by false guides who rival the religious fanatics in the impudence of their appeal to man's credulity 
even those who bear the lamp i hold aloft are too often jugglers and rogues to whose wiles unfortunately the simple science of photography lends itself all too readily nothing is easier than the production of impossible pictures by little manipulation of film or plate if the spiritual apparition is not to be enticed within range of the lens nothing easier than to fabricate an approximate effect and what spiritualist has yet succeeded in summoning spirits at will it is the crux of the whole problem of spiritualism to establish any sort or form of communication with disembodied spirits at the single will of the embodied hence the periodical exposure of the paid medium the smug scorn of the unbeliever and the discouragement of genuine exploration beyond the environment of the flesh there is one moment and only one at which a man may be sure that he stands for however brief a particle of time in the presence of a disembodied soul it is the moment at which soul and body part company in what men call death the human watcher sees merely the collapse of the human envelope but many a phenomenon invisible to the human eye has been detected and depicted by that of the camera as everybody knows who has the slightest acquaintance with the branch of physics known as fluorescence the invisible spirit of man surely falls within this category to the crystal eye of science it is not so much invisible as elusive and intractable once it has fled this earth the sovereign opportunity is gone but photography may often intercept the actual flight of the soul i say no more than often because there are special difficulties into which i need not enter here but they would disappear or at least be minimized if the practice received the encouragement it deserves instead of the forbidding ban of a sentimental generation it would hurt nobody it would comfort and convince the millions who at present have only their church's word for the existence of an eternal soul in their perishable bodies it would prove more in the course of a few experiments than all the churches have proved between them in nineteen centuries yet how are my earnest applications received in hospitals where men die daily in prisons where they are still occasionally put to death i am refused rebuffed gratuitously reprimanded in fact i am driven ultimately to the extreme course of taking human life on my own account in order to prove the life eternal call it murder call it what you will in a civilization which will not hear of a lethal chamber for congenital imbeciles it would be waste of time to urge the inutility of a life as an excuse for taking it or the misery of an individual as a reason for sending him to a world which cannot use him worse than this world i can only say that i have not deprived the state of one conceivably profitable servant or cut short a single life of promise or repute i have picked my few victims with infinite care from amid the moral or material wreckage of life either they had nothing to live for or they had no right to live charlton the licensed messenger had less to live for than any man i ever knew in the course of our brief acquaintance he frequently told me how he wished he was dead i came across him in kensington outside a house to which an unseemly fracas had attracted my attention as i passed 
Charlton had just been ejected for being drunk and insolent, and refusing to leave without an extra sixpence. I befriended him. He was indeed saturated with alcohol and honeycombed with disease. Repulsive in appearance and cantankerous in character, his earnings were so slender that he was pitifully clad, and without a night's lodging oftener than not. He had not a friend in the world, and was suffering from an incurable malady of which the end was certain agony. I resolved to put him out of his misery, and at the same time to try to photograph the escape of his soul. A favourable opportunity did not present itself for some time, during which Charlton subsisted largely on my bounty. At last, one morning, I found him asleep on a bench in Holland Walk, and not another being in sight, and I shot him with a cheap pistol which I had purchased second-hand for the purpose, in which I left beside him on the seat. Yet, the weapon it was that cast a doubt upon the authenticity of the suicide, despite my final precaution of stuffing a number of cartridges into the dead man's pocket. Pothouse associates came forward to declare that he could never have possessed either revolver or its price without their knowledge, hence the coroner's repudiation of the verdict at the inquest. Yet it is to be feared that the fate of such as poor Charlton excites but little public interest in its explanation, and that the police themselves never took more than an academic interest in the case. To me it was a bitter disappointment on other grounds. I had lost very few seconds between pulling the revolver trigger and pressing the bulb of my pneumatic shutter but one had to get back into position for this and the fact remains that i was too late the result may be found among my negatives it is dreadfully good of the dead man if not a unique photograph of actual death but it lacks the least trace of the supernormal the flight of the soul had been too quick for me it would be too quick again unless i hit upon some new method i had not only failed to leave convincing evidence of suicide but the fatal pause between pistol-shot and snap-shot was due entirely to my elaborate attempt in that direction. It was not worth making again. The next case should be a more honest breach of the Sixth Commandment. The shot to be fired and the photograph taken at the same range and all but at the same instant. There would be no further point in leaving the weapon behind, so I was free to choose the best one suited to my purpose and to adapt it at my leisure to my particular needs. Eventually I evolved the ingenious engine which, no doubt, has already explained itself better than I could possibly explain it. If not, the discoverer of the camera need not hesitate to experiment with the pistol, as it will not be loaded when found. There was a brief discussion here the children could not understand about the pistol, but only one of them cared what had become of it. For Philida, it was enough to know that the writer of this shameless rigmarole, with its pompous periods and its callous gusto, must long ago have lost his reason. She had no doubt whatever about that, and already it had brought a new light into her eyes. She would pause to discuss nothing else. It was her finger that pointed the way through the next passages. The perfection or completion of my device was the secret work of many weeks. It brings me down almost to the other day, and to what I have described as the supreme folly of my life. I had everything in readiness for another attempt to liberate and photograph a human soul in consecutive fractions of a second, 
but the right man was never in the right place at the right time one saw him by the dozen in a crowd but the people one met all by themselves in the early summer mornings stayed one's hand repeatedly by the eager brightness of their eyes or a happy elasticity of step once an outpatient at the brompton hospital whom i had dogged all the way down to richmond park was cheated of a merciful end by dusk falling just as i had him to myself no the don and the drunkard were still my best chance so it was that the wretch whose name i forget met with his death in hyde park last tuesday morning i knew him by sight as a pothouse loafer of the charlton circle but it was quite by chance that i followed his uncertain footsteps through the park and saw him go deliberately to bed in the drenching dew his face filled in his tail it was another farrago of privation and excess this was the type that caused me no compunction having aimed and focused at the same time as my invention provides i dispatched the poor devil as he lay on his side with his hat over his eyes and exposed my plate as he rolled over on his face it may be reckoned an offensive detail but the click of my instantaneous shudder coincided with the last clutter in his throat i need hardly say that i had looked about me pretty thoroughly before firing and my first act after taking the photograph was to make another wary survey of the scene it had the advantage that one could see a considerable distance in three directions and in none of these neither right nor left along the path nor yet straight ahead across the grass on the edge of which my victim lay was a living creature to be seen this was very reassuring as i felt that i could see a good deal farther than the report of my small automatic pistol was likely to be heard for it is a remarkable feature of most shooting cases especially where a pistol has been used and in the open air how seldom it is that a witness can be found who has actually heard the fatal shot in the fourth quarter where there was a bank of shrubbery behind some iron palings i looked last for i was standing with my back that way how shall i describe my sensations on turning round there was a young lad within a few feet of me on the other side of the palings and this young lad was flourishing a revolver in his right head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the award-winning movie poor things starring emma stone mark ruffalo and willem dafoe Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And at first, I made certain he had seen everything but his blank and frank bewilderment was more reassuring at a second glance and at a third i guess what had happened to him his crumpled clothes were dank with dew 
his eyes were puddles of utter stupefaction he had been sleeping in the park and walking in his sleep and in all probability it was my shot which had brought him to himself of this however i was less sure and in my doubt i was disastrously inspired to accuse him of having fired the shot himself it never struck me that he could mistake the body behind me for a living man it was with a wild idea of being the first to accuse the other that i asked him if he knew what he had done and seized his revolver at the same moment i had the wit to grasp it in my hot hand until the barrel was just warm enough to help me convince the child that he really had fired the shot but since he could not see it for myself i was not going out of my way just then to tell him it was a fatal shot already i regretted that i had gone so far and yet already i saw myself committed to a course of action as rash as it was now inevitable the boy became convulsed with asthma i could not leave him there to tell his story when the body was discovered to have it disproved perhaps on the spot at the latest on a comparison of bullets and the truth brought home to me through his description again when i had taken him to my house with all sorts of foolish precautions and still more foolish risks i had to keep him there how could i let him loose to blurt out his story and implicate me more readily than ever after what he had seen of me at home i had to keep him there i repeat it alive or dead and i was not the kind of murderer if i am one at all to take a young and innocent life if i could help it to preserve my own on the contrary i had and i hope i always should have had humanity enough at least to do what i could for a fellow-creature battling with an attack which almost threatened to remove him from my path without my aid there followed a few remarks on pocket's character as the writer read it they were not uncomplimentary to pocket personally but they betrayed a profound disdain for the typically british institution of which pocket was too readily accepted as a representative product his general ignorance and credulity received a grim tribute they were the very qualities the doctor would have demanded in a chosen dupe yet he appeared to have enjoyed the youth's society his transparent honesty his capacity for enthusiastic interest whether in the delights of photography or in the horrors of war baumgartner seemed aware that he had been somewhat confidential on both subjects and that either his contempt of human life or his ambitions in the matter of psychic photography would have been better kept to himself but on the other hand he greatly doubted whether they taught boys to put two and two together at these so-called public schools and after all it was not detection by the boy but through the boy that he had to fear the madness of keeping him prisoner as he had been from the beginning in spite of all pretenses and persuasions to the contrary was another thing to which baumgartner had been thoroughly alive all along he had regarded it from the first as the certain beginning of the end from the first he had been prepared with specious explanations for any such inquisitor as the one who had actually arrived no later than the saturday afternoon he wrote without elation of his interview with thrush whose name he knew the doctor had not been deceived as to the transitory character of his own deception it was the same with the letter which he had pretended to post which could only have kept the boy quiet for a day or two if he had posted it but which the boy himself had discovered never to have been posted at all 
there was a sufficiently cool description of the desperate mood into which baumgartner's intuition of the boy's discovery had thrown him on the sunday night it was then he wrote that i formed a project which i should have been sorry indeed to carry out though i should certainly have done so if he had given me the chance i sought it must be understood that my second attempt to photograph the flight of the soul had proved as great a fiasco as the first suddenly i hit upon a perfectly conceivable even though it seemed a wilfully grotesque explanation of my failure what if the human derelicts i had so far chosen for my experiments had no souls to photograph sodden with drink debauched degraded and spiritually blurred or blunted to the last degree these after all were the least likely subjects to yield results to the spirit photographer i should have chosen saints instead of sinners such as these entities in which the soul was a major and not a minor factor i thought of the saintliest men i knew in london of some jesuit fathers of my acquaintance of a light specialist i know who is destroying himself by inches in the cause of science of certain missioners in the slums but i did not think twice of any one of them their lives are much too valuable for me to cut them short on the mere chance of a compensating benefit to mankind at large last and longest i thought of the boy upstairs i had not meant to sacrifice him a young life of some promise is only less sacred to me than a mature life rich in beneficent activities but this young fellow was going to be my ruin i could see it in his eyes he had found me out about the letter he would be the means of my being found out and stopped forever in the work of my life it was his life or mine it should be his but i was not going to take it there in the house for reasons i need not enter into here and i intended to take more than his life while i was about it but he never gave me the chance i did my best to get him to go out with me this morning but he refused as a horse refuses a jump or a dog the water he said he was ill he looked ill but i have no doubt he was well enough to make his escape soon after my back was turned i see he has broken into my dark room for the clothes i took away from him before i went out he would scarcely remain after that but to tell the truth i've hardly given him a thought since my return the readers shuddered over this long paragraph more than once the boy broke in with his own impulsive version of the awful moments on the sunday night and the monday morning in his bedroom at the top of the doctor's house he declared that nothing short of main force would have dragged him out of doors that morning that he had felt it in his bones that he would never come back alive then he would be sorry he had said so much it only increased his companion's anguish she was reading every word religiously with a most painful fascination it was as though every word drew blood there was a brief but terrible account of the murder of sir joseph shelmerdine outside his own house in park lane it was the rashest of all the crimes but apparently the one occasion on which the doctor had disguised himself beforehand and that only because sir joseph and he knew and disliked each other so intensely that a straight interview was out of the question as it was he had escaped by a miracle after lying all day in a straw loft creeping into a carriage at nightfall and getting out on the wrong side when it drove round to its house 
baumgartner described the incident with a callous relish as perhaps the most exciting in his long career he was going on to explain his subsequent return in propria persona and yet by stealth when he paused in the middle of a sentence which was never finished and his statement concluded as follows in less careful language and a more flowing hand i thought the fool had cleared out long ago the day's excitement must have driven him clean out of my head i never thought of him when i got back never till i saw the damage to the dark-room window and missed his clothes i didn't waste two thoughts upon him then i had my negative to develop a magnificent negative it was too yet another absolute failure from the practical point of view perhaps from the same reason as its predecessors south african mines may produce gold and diamonds licit and illicit but their yield in souls is probably the poorest to the square mile anywhere on earth shelmerdine never had one in his gross carcass so there was an end of him and a good riddance to rotten clay i have not thought of him again all night i have thought of nothing but this perhaps passionately dispassionate statement that i have made up my mind to leave behind me it has given me strange pleasure to write a satisfaction which i no longer have the time to attempt to analyse all night long my pen has scarcely paused and i not conscious of a moment's weariness of mind body or hand only sometimes have i paused to light my pipe i had made such a pause perhaps half an hour ago when in the terrible stillness of the night i heard a footstep in the hall my nerves were somewhat on edge with all this writing it might be my imagination i stole to my door and as i opened it the one below shut softly i waited some time heard nothing more went down with my lamp and threw open the drawing-room door there was my young fellow not gone at all but sitting in the dark with one whose name there is no need to mention i do not wish to be misunderstood it was all innocent enough even i never doubted that but somehow the sight of that boy and girl sitting there in the dark without a word afraid to go to bed afraid of me made the blood boil over in my veins i could have trampled on that lad my jonah whom i had pictured overboard at last and i did hurl the lamp at his head i'm glad it missed him i'm glad he made good his escape while i was seeing his companion safe upstairs if i had found him where i left him god knows what violence i might not have done him after all the boy has good in him and more courage than he knows himself again i say that i am glad he has escaped unscathed his life was not safe but now i shall only take my own yes i have made up my mind it is better than leaving it to the common hangman of this besotted country i know what to expect in enlightened england either a death unfit for a dog or existence worse than death in a criminal lunatic asylum i prefer my own peculiar quietus it has stood on my table all night long ready and pointed at my heart a hand upon the door a step behind me and i should have rolled over dead at their feet so it will be if even now they are waiting for me outside but if not i know where to go where already it is broad daylight where the wide open space will quicken and enhance every ray and the broad river multiply the sun by a million facets of living fire it is not the light that will fail me there as i have served others so also will i serve myself 
and it may be with better fortune than they have brought me who knows it would be in keeping with the poetic ironies of this existence at all events unless waylaid at once i am giving it a chance i shall place the camera on the parapet of the embankment i have fitted the shutter with a specially long pneumatic tube and the bulb will do its double work as usual when my fingers relax i have long had it all in my mind i have written full instructions on the envelope which i shall stick by the flap to the open slide if we are found by a reasonably intelligent person the slide will be shut and the camera handed over bodily to the police they i think may be trusted to honour one's last instructions if only out of curiosity their eyes will be the first to read what i fear they will describe as my full confession well it is full and the substantive must be left to them so long as the document does not fall into one little pair of gentle hands i shall lie easy in whatever ignominious grave they lay me that is why i hide it where i do since if it fell first into those hands it would never see the light at all there was a little more but philida suddenly snatched the manuscript away and wept over the end bitterly and yet not altogether in bitterness while pocket picked up the camera and set it back in its place on the muddy newspaper philida folded up the packet and after a moment's hesitation went away with it jingling keys in her other hand on her return she stood petrified on the threshold pocket was seated at the table the red bulb of the pneumatic shutter between his finger and thumb he pressed the bulb and there was a loud metallic snap inside the camera he released the pressure and the shutter snapped like a shutter and nothing else philida came forward with a cry pocket had taken the top off the camera it was like a box without the lid and on the one side there was nothing between the lens and the grooved carrier for the slide but on the other there was an automatic pistol fixed down with wires as a wild beast might be lashed and its muzzle pointing through the orifice intended for the second lens of the stereoscopic camera pocket pressed again and again the mild clash of the shutter was preceded by the vicious one that would have been an explosion if there had been another cartridge in the pistol and we never guessed it said he that's why he went in for this sort of double camera and rigged it up to take both kinds of shot in quick succession it's the cleverest thing i ever heard of in my life he spoke as if it were only clever philida stared at it and him without a word the cleverest part is the way you aim i do believe he relied altogether on that spot about the middle of the focusing screen i've been trying it against the window and where that spot comes the pistol's pointing every time it's a fixed focus about ten to fifteen feet i fancy and the spot isn't quite in the middle of the screen but just enough to the left to allow i don't quite see how the one bulb works everything but these springs and things are a bit confusing we shan't understand everything till we take it to pieces you mean the police won't said philida bitterly the police i never thought of them what do you mean to do with this infernal machine the girl asked her voice breaking over the perfectly applicable term what do you mean to do with the writing demanded pocket in his turn burn it i've asked for a fire in my room it's locked away meanwhile 
well this is yours too said Paca deliberately to do what you like with as well they wouldn't think so they'll never know Philida shook her head not without some scorn you couldn't keep it to yourself she said you would have to tell well but not everybody said poor pocket only my father if you like he added valiantly mr upton would feel bound to tell i don't see that didn't you hear what he said about a man's secrets dying with him he's so kind he says that he said it again to me but this is the mystery of the day it'll be the talk for months if not years and as yet only you and i in all the world have found it out she looked at him so wistfully so sweetly and sadly and confidentially that he would have been either more or less than human boy if he had failed to see her heart's desire and how it was still in his power to save her the supreme humiliation and distress of sharing their secret with the world he made up his mind on the spot and yet it was a mind that looked both ways at every turn of affairs and even then he saw what he was going to lose fred and horace would not sit nearly so spellbound as they might have done would probably back their penetration of the mystery against his there would be no boasting about it in front of the hall fire at school no breathing it even to smith minor out for a walk no adventure to recount all his days and pocket was one to whom the salt of an adventure would always be its subsequent recital but he could play the game as well as horace himself when he happened to have no doubt as to the game to play and now he had none whatever Philida, if you wish it i'll never breathe a syllable of all this to a single soul on earth i don't care who they are or what they do to me he wanted them to put him on the rack that moment oh tony do you mean it her eyes had filled of course i mean it i'll swear it more solemnly than i've ever sworn anything in my life so far no no your word's enough don't i know what that's worth after this terrible week and she cried again at its hideous memories so that pocket turned away and put the camera together again and wrapped it up in her waterproof so that he might not see her tears i'll never breathe a single word to a single soul he vowed except yourself she caught at that through her tears he could talk to her about it always as much as ever he liked it would be a bond between them all their lives and not until she said it to be just to pocket did he think of a reward or look beyond those days but what were they to do with the stereoscopic camera containing an automatic pistol it was not to be burnt in a grate like a sheaf of manuscript they thought about it for some time with anxious faces for it was getting on towards evening now though the sun was out again and it was lighter than the early afternoon but mr upton might be back any minute it was philida who at last said she knew she would not tell him what she meant to do but she put on her waterproof again little as it was wanted now and the camera under it as before and together they sallied forth into the noisy and crowded strand pocket did not know where he was and philida would not tell him where she was going neither could he question her in that alarming throng he felt a frightful sense of guilt and danger not so much to himself as to her 
with that lethal weapon concealed about her every man who looked at them was a detective in his eyes and past the policeman at the corners he wanted to run but they gained the middle of waterloo bridge undetected and ensconced themselves in a recess without creating a sensation now then said phillida will you focus westminster bridge and the houses of parliament or shall i there they were before them against the sunset the long lithe bridge the stately towers but pocket could not see phillida's drift until she aimed herself and aiming let the square black box slip clean through her fingers into the depths of the river from which she had only retrieved it a couple of hours before as a body is committed to the deep she bewailed her stupidity he had the wit to echo her then and in a loud voice that any eye-witness or passer-by might be struck with the genuine severity of their loss but there had been no eye-witness who thought it worth while to rally them on the occurrence and the busy townsfolk hastening past were all too much engrossed in their own affairs to take any interest in those of the boy and girl who seemed themselves in something of a hurry to get back to the strand and in the strand the first thing they saw was a yellow poster bearing but four words in enormous black letters chelsea inquest camera clue phillida slipped her hand within pocket's arm pocket was man enough to press it to his side end of chapter twenty two end of the camera fiend by e w hornung